podcast. My name is Amber Miller, and I'm in the studio today with Monica Steely, Sarah Godey, and Ann Purcell. This week, we'll continue our discussion on being bold and conquering with Ann Purcell. Now, I think that the idea of being separated from your spouse for five years, not even having communication to know whether right. they're dead or alive, is maybe one of the hardest things that could happen to any person. Mm-hmm. None of us can even imagine something like that. But you also experienced something before that that most parents um, couldn't even imagine or handle on their own. Tell us a little bit about your oldest daughter, what happened. Well, we were we had a daughter uh, that was four and received orders for France, and she had been diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And she was uh, have, periodically have spells where we'd have to put her in the hospital. And <clears throat> we asked not to be transferred to France, but they said, well, this is because of her condition. And the military said, well, this is, uh, we understand that it's not good, but you rarely ever die from it. Mm. early on Mm -hmm. this is what they said so in other words they sent us to France anyway and so uh, we had been there I guess we we took a a whole big file of her medical records and um, we had a I was pregnant at the time when we went over and we had a a son the um, let me think he was born the um, 9th of November and she died the 22nd Mm. she had another one of those spells and it was one they called in a specialist from Landsnudel Germany and um, they finally decided it was the medication that had given her it was too much for her body now they gave her Aristocord and cortisone and all those high powered drugs years ago they wouldn't do that now but they were learning, and she was only four years old. And she, she asked, while she was in the hospital, she asked, could she see her baby brother? And so we were allowed to take him to the doctor's office, which was right near the ward mm-hmm. she was in. And she saw him, and she just got so tickled over his little feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are cute. Baby yeah. feet are oh, yeah. cute. And then, but a couple of days later, she had took a turn for the worst, and she mm-hmm. passed away in France. Mm-hmm. So because we had a new baby, and he had not had his uh, immunizations, I could not bring him out of the country to come home. So we had her funeral in the little Baptist church that we were members of. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a group of military people that, before we got to France, that had started a uh, Baptist Church mm. out in the, we called it the boondocks. It was a little <laughs> prefab building, mm. but that's some of the best Christian fellowship I've ever been a mm. part of. Wow. We were very close. We were all away from home, and you get very close at a time like that when you're Absolutely. away from home sure. under those uh, same circumstances. And so we had our funeral there, and then Ben brought her body back home. Mm. Uh, he was gone two weeks to get her back and have a graveside service at, at home. And then uh, he came on back to France. Mm-hmm. And so we, then they said, we'll give you a, a transfer. And we said, no, we don't want, want a transfer because it won't change anything for us to go back home. Mm-hmm. So we stayed the, the four years there in France. Wow. So tell me a little bit about your story. What were you up to while Ben was away for those five years? Well, with 
five children. <laughs> <laughs> we can draw a lot of those conclusions. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was very busy, thank goodness, and I've, I learned uh, that my children were my greatest blessing. Mm-hmm. Mm. Those thoughts that I'd had if I just didn't have the children, but I learned that they were my greatest sure. blessing mm. because they... I'm an only child. I was growing up with my children and learning about children. And uh, with the five of them, there were a lot of opportunities to learn a lot. (laughs) In fact, our oldest son left for college while Ben was a uh, a POW. Mm. And that was an experience. Uh, I'm sure. He went to West Point. Uh, He Mm -hmm. got a scholarship also for North Georgia College and Dahlonega, Georgia, and that's what I wanted him to do. (laughs) He got both of the appointment to West Point and the uh, scholarship for North Georgia College in the same mail the same same day. And he said, Mother, what would you do? And I said, it's up to you. I I just was hoping he'd go to North Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) But he chose West Point, and and that was better for him because he had been – Without his dad since he was 13 mm-hmm. years old. Mm-hmm. And now he was a graduating from high school. And, and it was a man's world where he went. Oh, yeah. Certainly. And it, it meant a, it was a good education. Yeah. In many ways. And so that letting him go, that was hard. And then what, we had another daughter. We had a daughter that was in high school and then one middle school and one in uh, in elementary school yeah so you know we were just spread out everywhere mm-hmm. but um i was also involved in the national league of families for pow's and mias we had an organizational meeting in washington in 1970 and some of the wives who had been um pow or mia wives for a long time and been told not to say anything about it, kind of keep it quiet, they decided that's not the thing to do. Mm. So we went public, and we sold the POWMIA bracelets, which had POW's name on it, date of capture or uh, shoot down. Mm. And um, we did talking to the media, TV, radio, uh, newspaper, wherever mm-hmm. we could as to what's not being done for the POWs right. that should be done. And we got people to sign petitions and letters to the Viet, uh, to Vietnam to see if they wouldn't maybe negotiate. Yeah. And they did finally decide to negotiate, but it took a year for them to decide the shape of the table mm. for negotiations. Oh, my goodness. And they finally decided on a round table. And then they, but the negotiations didn't seem to be going fast Mm -hmm. enough Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. But as you know, they finally did negotiate a peace agreement. Um, As we've done in the previous two episodes of Be Bold and Conquer, um, in the the scriptures that we've used, the Greek word that's used for bold is a lot of times the word plainly. Um, and so what we've kind of discovered about this word bold is that in a lot of ways it means just being upfront and being um, vocal about some things. And I love that about what you did while Ben was away. You became very vocal about everything that was going on and speaking up for your husband when he wasn't there to speak up for himself. That's such a bold thing to do. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to um, women or really anyone today that's struggling with something that has some obstacle in their life that they really need 
courage and boldness to conquer whatever it is in their life that they're going through. Well, let me just tell you what I did, and and hopefully this would fit into anyone's life. I was a Christian, been a Christian for a long time, learned a few things, but I was still growing, and I'm still growing, even at my age now. Our Sunday school lessons that quarter that Ben was captured was from the book of James. And it was, and I'm sure that lesson was planned just for me because I learned so much from the book of James. And in there it said, if you want to know what God wants you to do, glad, ask him. Mm. So I did. I asked him, where should I live? What should I do? And all along the way, I asked him for advice, and God freely gave it to me. Um, and he showed me that he was going to be with me because that first, this was a Monday when I heard about Ben on Saturday. I went for a special program that I didn't really want to go to, a church program, but I did. And when I came home and got out of the car in my front yard and walked up my sidewalk, there on the right side in my yard sat a beautiful white dove. And I had never seen a white dove Mm. all the time I'd lived in Boonville. And as I looked at it, it was so peaceful, so quiet. And I walked within two feet of it, and it didn't even move. And I thought about that, that that's God's way of telling me, I'm going to be with you through all of this. Mm. So because of my faith in God and trusting him Mm. and being patient Mm. to wait for his answer, I think that... We need to do that in everything. But I'm very, very thankful that I was a Christian. I had had a rock to Mm -hmm. stand on, and we all need that. Mm -hmm. And I would advise, if if you're having trouble, if you're not a Christian, try to find someone that can help you to become a Christian. Mm. Give your life to Jesus, and then uh, God answered a special prayer prayer for me just the other day that I'm still saying thank you Lord and and I think the miracles I think he still performs miracles that we just fail to see mm-hmm. and we don't take the time to analyze it mm. absolutely so I have a simple little question uh, because we think about how did you make it and we're talking about how'd you make it through the big thing how'd you make it through those five years of your husband not being home but something really simple in the book resonated with me because um my husband and I were very team oriented. We share a lot of the responsibilities, but there are things that he does that I don't do. And mm-hmm. I was reading the part in the book where you were like, you know, getting the oil changed, having the tires rotated, all, you know, the things that your husband as the man took care of. And I think in this series, we're dealing with women that have little things, little adversities that kick them down. And they just feel like life is too big and they don't know how to be bold enough to conquer it. Mm-hmm. Like, what kind of conversation did you have to have with yourself to say, Ann, get up, go get the oil changed? Or get up and, you know, when you moved back to the house, you had a lot of house things that had to be changed mm-hmm. there in Columbus and you had to call in the right people. And I know you had a neighbor. I think that was very helpful. But again, a lot of that with five kids fell on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. What were those little daily conversations you had to have your, with yourself that said, get up and keep going? I just had to get up and do it. If yeah. it had to be done, somebody had to do it and I had no one else. And, um, 
I guess just because it had to be it done, to be I said, done. yeah, it, things would be worse. If I didn't take care of it right. now, it would get worse. Because I think there's a couple of things that we find in our culture today of women. One, I loved what you just said about I went to God for advice. I think often we go to other people mm-hmm. for advice. I'm sure if you had gone to your mom or to his mom, they probably would have said you need to move back here, and that would have had a strong voice, but the voice you heard from God was stronger mm-hmm. because you were listening for that voice. And I think I think there's so much wisdom to that because we often want to go to the world for advice and influence and forget that God really does have a voice. Right. Um, and then the second thing that we talk about is how um, – we feel that women today get stuck in their adversity and have kind of a why me, um, you know, God's supposed to be a God of love. How could this be happening to me? Either I'm doing something wrong or I just, this isn't working out and having the courage or the boldness as we're talking about to get up and start moving Mm -hmm. into a direction. And that's what I just got so much inspiration from you with that because you were just very, this is what has to be done. This is what we're going to do. And God is going to be my ultimate voice of reason. Right. Mm -hmm. And that is, it's refreshing because we don't get that a lot in our generation of women today. Well, also after about eight months, I had a special prayer time with my friend Ola who um, we had spent a good, we had been stationed together at another military post, and she was at Fort Benning when I went back to Columbus, Georgia, and um, we had a special prayer time, and about eight months into that uh, special study time and prayer time, uh, I just said to God, this prayer. I said, I don't know where Ben is, but you do. Mm-hmm. And that made me feel so good. And mm-hmm. I said, I love him, but you love him even more. Mm-hmm. And I want him to come home, but I will accept this however you want it to turn out. Wow. And that was the turning point for me. I had gotten to the point that I finally realized I couldn't do anything about it yeah. personally, mm-hmm. but God could. And that was the turning point for me. Wow. And, um, I just left it there. Yeah. yeah. And then of course there were there were rough times sure. and there were sad times and sure. there were tears, but it wasn't it wasn't every day right. and mm-hmm. and it didn't it didn't make my hope uh, any less mm-hmm. because I still hoped and prayed that he would come home and mm-hmm. but if he hadn't we would have made it There's, with God's help we would have made it. Right. There's something that you said in the addendum, which I love the addendum in this because mm-hmm. I love hearing and the personal. Really quick, what you're yeah. referencing is um, Ben yes. and Anne wrote a book, uh, and it's incredible. We would encourage all of our listeners, if you can pick a, up a copy, it's called Love and Duty yes. by and Ben we'll, and Anne we'll Purcell. put in our post yes. um, a way to access the book. Um, but in the addendum, there's just some personal um, some personal stories from you and from all the kids about what it was like, you know, adjusting when Ben did come home. But there was something that you said that I think so wraps up um, what it means to be bold and conquer. You said the book you're now reading is evidence of how God can take the hardships in our lives and use them for his glory. Through our experience, God taught us many things about dealing with adversity. Among the lessons we learned are ask God for help and trust in his answer. Be a good listener. Enjoy laughing and help others to laugh which I think is fabulous. Be patient. Never lose hope. Hope shows God is at work. Keep busy helping others who have problems. And this is my favorite. 
When we found out we had nothing left but God, we found out God was enough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that is just a perfect Mm -hmm. summation Mm -hmm. of your whole story. Yep. Well, and we're hard. We're having a hard time getting through this. <laughs> Today's on a tough day. <laughs> um, you know, um, our the the title of our organization is "Be Still, Be Free." We're all about being still and knowing that He is God, and we believe that there's huge amounts of freedom that come in that. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us? Ben always signed his books with a certain phrase. It was the. It was. It was. What he said when he first got off the plane, they asked him mm-hmm. to speak because he was the highest-ranking officer. And um, tell us what Ben said. What was the first thing he said when he spoke to the public? Well, he, when he first got on the plane in Hanoi to come home, they said, we want you to speak when we get to uh, Clark Air Base. And he said, what do you want me to say? And they said, whatever you want to say. And he said, I wish I had thought about that the last <laughs> And so on the way, he came up with this, these words, man's most precious possession, second only to life, is freedom. Mm. And, um, and then everywhere they went uh, after that and stopped because he was the highest ranking officer on the plane. He had to speak, or they asked him to speak. So when he got to Clark Air Base, not Clark Air Base, to the air base in Augusta, Georgia, where we were to meet him, he talked and talked and talked, yes. and it was for four and a half minutes. And if you've ever, under circumstances like that, I finally ran out and interrupted his <laughs> convert, his speech and hugged him. And as I hugged him, I said, were you through? And he said, no. And he turned back around and finished his <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, dear. Well, Anne, thank you so much. Was, is there any final words that you would like, any advice that you would like to give to um, any of the women or listeners out there before we close today? Well, just not, not be afraid to do the things that you have to do, but let God lead you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, you, Monica and Sarah, for joining us today. And special thanks to Ann Purcell and her daughter, Joy, who uh, traveled with her today. Joy, we love having you here, too. (laughs) And a special thanks to our producer, Michael Stoltzfus, for all of his hard work. Um, Ann, would you mind closing us out in prayer today? Lord, we thank you so much for this opportunity to reach out into others and to let them know how important it is to have you in their life. We thank you for this group that that brings this thought out to all the people. We just pray that you would be with all of our listeners. If they have problems, we pray that they will bring them to you, Lord, because you're just waiting for us. You love us, and you're waiting for us to come and ask you for the things that we need help with. And we just pray that you be with us the rest of the day, Lord. Take care of us. For we ask these things in thy name. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to the Bcast. We would love to hear from you. Hit us up on Twitter and Facebook. Just search Be Still Be Free. And of course, check out our website, www.bestillbefree.com.